We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? We all got a little older last night. And at the end of it, Lakers ended up clinching at least the ninth seed in the Western Conference. Nail-biter win over the Utah Jazz. I'm Pete, joined by Darius. This is the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And D, uh, that was a... Oof, I I don't think any Laker team <laughs> has ever had me watching games in the fetal position as much as this team has. I remember in the Dallas game when we blew those like three straight possessions culminating in the Maxi Kleba three. And I, I was like on my side, like kind of watching upside down, contorted. And this has been <laughs> one of the most exhausting seasons I can ever remember. But we clinched a play-in spot last night. Now, you know, I'm a big believer in celebrating the small victories. And so before we make any comments on the game, man, I just wanted to give a quick acknowledgement to that. A lot of people worked really hard to get to this point. For sure. And we try to reflect a lot, right? Because the journey of this season has been such a strange one that you feel like if you don't sort of look back and Mm -hmm. see where you tied the string to the tree to make your way back, like the breadcrumbs, right? The the Hansel and Gretel style of where you've actually traveled, that it's easy to forget all of the ups and downs because they all just sort of mesh together and just, and all you do is just feel your feelings, right? And the... The stakes of the last, what, like six weeks of the season to to this point have felt do or die almost mm-hmm. every night. And that heightened sense of if this goes wrong, you're suddenly in a much dire position than mm-hmm. what you want to be. And I don't know if it was Riley or if it was Phil or maybe it was even Kobe, but that idea of feeling relief when you win mm-hmm. rather than feeling joy. Right. Right. And so often I feel like, especially in the last month or so, there's been a fair amount of joy, but there's also just been a lot of relief. And that's mm-hmm. a hard way to be a fan at times yeah. where you're like, where, 
we're certainly happy and and I feel like in the aftermath of some of these these games there's been there's been this exhilaration about how well the team has played or how they're coming together in such a short period of time but a game like last night's against the Jazz where they're up by 10 and then suddenly it's tied and it's like oh my god you're like you're you're getting put through the ringer Right for what feels like 48 consecutive minutes, and then it's not 48, it's 53. Mm-hmm. And you just feel like, can they actually lose this game? They can't lose. Yeah. They right? Totally because if they lost that game, we were right on the razor's edge. Because <sighs> if they lose the game, though, you're going to feel not you, like the royal you, us, right? We're well, going could to you feel imagine? devastated <laughs> and just another. That like the cherry on the crap Sunday, right? And this season has been teetering on that for so long. And the Lakers have been a resilient bunch. And I wrote about the game last night and I almost, and I stopped myself from using the word resilient because how can you be resilient when you give it all away? Right. It's just mm. like you what like when you come back from giving it all away, it's just like, is that resiliency or is that something else? Right. And so I, I think last it's both. Night was I something think it's resilience else. and a bit of carelessness. Right. Like a, sure. a bit of squandering. Right. Like there is a, a I zero in on him. I sent you guys a, a video of this because I had to cuss about it to somebody. But uh, and Dennis has been great for the vast majority of the season in terms of just spirit and effort. But on that play where Austin hit the three to go up by 10 with 145 left. Now. If you're up 10 with 145 left, that type of shot should totally be the dagger. That should be game. You just have to do like very basic things. And so to zero in on Dennis, if you watch this play, I I encourage anybody to go back and watch this. Austin hits the three, turns around and does like the ice in his veins thing to the crowd real quick, right? Since Austin's in the corner, he doesn't have a direct, immediate defensive responsibility. Dennis Schroeder, however, is up at the wing, one position away, and it was a great, AD gets doubled, skip pass to Dennis, quick swing to Austin, wide open corner three, right? So Dennis is involved in the play. Dennis is celebrating with Austin, but Dennis has back responsibility. And so he's standing there doing the ice in his veins thing in the backcourt, looking at him, and Agbaji's like, I'm just going to run. And he runs right to the corner, and they get a three within like four seconds, and there have been so many plays, like I get all of the exhaustion and all of the the teetering, and it's difficult to be in that place that you were just talking about mentally every single night. But there have also been so many games where it's just run through the tape. It's not a matter of you're exhausted, you can't make a rotation or something like that. It's just, just do your job for, like we've given up a ton of 10-0 runs in 55 seconds, which only happens when you completely disintegrate. Well, yeah, also too, it's just like you... If if you fail to do the little things and you open yourself up to this idea of like a Kelly Olynyk banked three, right, uh-huh. that has no business going in where he literally just sprints up the court and heaves it, right? And, and Olynyk's a good player and he was and he was playing well, but I'm just saying that like you open yourself up to this whole new world of wrong. That can oh, yeah. happen to you just because you decided, okay, on a couple of these possessions, I'm not going to do anything. And the Lakers yes. have done a fair amount of that this season where it's just like, well, this layup doesn't matter if I give up this layup to mm-hmm. Chris Dunn. Well, it kind of does 
like you still got to try to stay in front. You still got to try to make the other guy's life a little bit harder than what they've done a few different times in a few different games this season. I don't want to lament that stuff too much because I think that it is a push and pull and it was the last game of a road trip. They are back in Los Angeles now um, and and we'll get Mm -hmm. into this a little bit later, but they were out late. Yep. Right. Like snowing and all this other stuff. And so it's been this long path, Pete, to get to this point where there's only three games left. Games 80 and 81 and 82 are the wow. final regular season games. And they've done so much climbing out of these holes that they've dug for themselves. And they dug them with the roster construction. They dug them with coaching decisions. They dug them with how the players have executed out on the court. Some of those players are still here and some of those players are not. Right. And they've had to account for all of that in the path back to get to now three games over 500 after hitting a low of eight games below 500 very, very early in the season where, to be fair, like the Lakers were a joke around the league, basically. They were the butt of everyone's jokes, at mm-hmm. least. They were the yeah. team that the the couldn't shoot straight gang, the we're hitting 19% of our threes and playing lineups that don't fit. And look, here's a four guard look. Mm-hmm. Right. Where Austin Reeves is your power forward or something crazy. And there were a lot of those nights. And to be now in the position where the Lakers still do very much control their own des- destiny. And we'll see what sort of control they do exert on yep, that. We'll talk about that um, later. When when they play the Clippers tonight. But but to be in this position, it is something that they should reflect on. For a moment. And if it's not now, then after, then some, somewhere in, you know, like two in the morning when they can't sleep, they'll, they'll probably be, think at least LeBron and AD and Austin and Dennis, the guys who have been here the entire season, Mm -hmm. like, oh man, look like we, like we did something. It wasn't, it's not the thing that they want to want to do, but they did something in order to get to this point for sure. Yeah. And so that, you know, that leaves us in a place where we're 43 or we're 41 and 38 tied with the Clippers going into tonight's game. We will talk about that in the next uh, part of the pod. I thought yesterday's game with LeBron was super interesting. These are games, the Houston and Utah games. And this Utah game, if you've been listening to the pod, is one I've been a little bit worried about for a while because Utah always has a certain level of smoke for whatever team they uh, that they play. You were over the text thread talking about how they had a huge comeback against Brooklyn recently. I watched a big part of that game and it was a very similar game where Brooklyn felt like they had it in the bag. But when you're talking Colin Sexton returned, like that's his whole thing is the smoke. That's the young bull oh, right man. there, right? Young right. bull, exactly. Chris Dunn, uh, a lot of these guys, Akbaji, uh, a lot of these guys are either that's just kind of how they're built. I, w- I want to call it your inner Wenyan. Right. Uh, sure. Like they, they, they're pros, in a pros too. Yeah. They're pros, pros. They're going to, and they're playing for their jobs, right? Like a yep. lot of the guys on Utah's roster, th- this is their one opportunity to get legitimate NBA playing time and try out for a contract next year. Right. This is a, a showcase for them, uh, for a job that is very well paying, that is not guaranteed to a whole lot of them. These are super important games for a lot of those players individually. And Utah's really well coached. And so they're going to, like the way they were doubling AD, you 
you saw our offense got pretty clogged up at points uh, down the stretch of that game. And so I was worried about this game because Utah will always bring it to a, a particular level. And that's a real credit to them and the, and the coaching staff. I thought this was a great game long term for LeBron in that he is figure in a place at least this is what I see D he's in a place right now where he's figuring out what he can and, and can't do we forget he's coming off of a, a foot injury right where he said he tore a tendon in his foot and has come back very quickly from that and he's figuring out like what he can and can't do and that sort of environment where you're playing against a well-coached team that is going to be bringing the effort to 100% all the time. I thought him smoking the layup at the end of regulation and then finishing it off with a classic LeBron move where he made a spin move, Mm -hmm. got into Damian Jones's body and made a great layup. That was a great long-term night for LeBron, even if he was one of the the guys that was coasting on a lot of those possessions, right? That kind of led to the score being what it was. Uh, I think in terms of LeBron getting back to the level that he can get to, it was a a big night uh, because of all that. No, totally. I, I want to say it was the, Late third quarter, early fourth, fourth quarter, and I, I think I sent a message to you and Mike, and I said, in in a weird way, these are important reps yeah. for LeBron right exactly. now because Utah is pressuring the ball. They're, they're ball pressuring him. He had an eight-second violation when JTA poked the ball away from him in the backcourt. Um they were trying to bother his handle. They were throwing real defensive schemes at him. Mm-hmm. Not like like against the Bulls, for example, that second game back against the Bulls where they just like posted him up every single time. And it was just mm-hmm. like, you've got these natural advantages against in this specific way. And the Bulls didn't really execute a very good game plan against LeBron James. And I thought, right. and then in the subsequent games over the road trip, he could sort of hang back and like, oh, I'm going to facilitate tonight. Oh, easy triple-double, right? 16, 11, and 10. This is – but Utah was just like, hey, bro, like you're going to have to earn everything that you get. And LeBron was very good from two-point range. He was okay from three-point range. I thought he took a couple of – not forced ones, but ones where he's just like, oh, I'm going to shoot this because mm-hmm. I'm trying to find my rhythm and my flow. Mm-hmm. Um, late in the game, um, he had a couple of possessions where Utah started to switch the AD LeBron pick and roll, and LeBron had the ISO with the with the big on on him, and AD mm-hmm. had Olenek on him. And normally you would just say, okay, well, Anthony Davis has Kelly Olenek on him. Let's go to him in the post. But LeBron sort of pointed him to the corner and LeBron mm-hmm. tried to isolate and those possessions turned into nothing. Yeah. Right. A couple of times he just dribbled the air out, out of the ball. And these are the situations, just like you said, Pete, where he's trying to find his own flow. And I feel like he, he probably targeted this game a little bit. Like mm. I'm going to, I'm going to hunt that part of my game a little bit more I think so than too. what I normally would. And sometimes it was to the detriment of the team. And then in, the OT, he ripped through classic LeBron, just like you said, and and got a layup. It sort of reminded me of 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 um. Do you remember that that season where Kobe hit all of the game winners? In fact, we've got a clip mm-hmm. of this. In a lot the of this is beginning. at the end of the the pod. That was the 2009 yeah. 2010 season, right? Yeah. Yes, and so um, the famous miss it clip 
right? Against yep. the Bucks, where Kobe hit the fadeaway over, was it Charlie Bell? I think it was, was it Raja Bell? No, I, I'm pretty sure Raja Bell never played for the Bucks. He never played for the if Bucks. He okay. did, yeah, yeah. But uh, and I think it was Charlie Bell. Anyways, we'll have to go mm-hmm. back and check the tape on that. But Kobe had that same exact shot right at the end of regulation, and he missed it. That's why the yep. game went into overtime. He missed that same exact turnaround jumper right at the left elbow. And so it, it reminded me of that a little bit, Pete, where it's just like LeBron had that layup. He even talked mm-hmm. to Mike about it after the game where he said he smoked the layup. That's to my good hand or to, to my dominant hand, he said, when it's to his left hand, which, which tells you about LeBron being a natural lefty. Shout out to all the left-handers out there. And That's right. he missed it, but came back at the end and he's like, all right, I'm going to finish it off this time. And so I did think that the reps were important for him. I do think that he's still searching for something. And that natural ramp up that we see from from LeBron, it's one of the reasons why I was encouraged that he came back as early as he did, Pete, because in theory, they were talking about maybe he'll target the last three games of the regular season, which would have Mm -hmm. been these next three, three games. Now, imagine all of the work that he's put in in these five games previous, right? Those were important reps. And and so like, I think that he's in a good place right now and we'll see where it goes over these last three games. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's discuss whether LeBron and AD will and should play tonight against the Clippers. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I have a bit of an argument to make, and it, it may be a little bit rambling, uh, but I, I'm going to do my best to, to make this argument. We have been in such a desperate spot in terms of looking at the standings for so long, as we said in the first part of the pod, that that has served us well, that level of urgency and desperation. We're 16 and 7 since the new guys got here. That is the second best record in the NBA, with LeBron only playing eight of the 23 games. Um and so we, but and so we put ourselves in a, in a spot where we are forty one and thirty eight. 
currently in the seventh spot. For the first time last night, D, we touched the sixth seed for a glorious 30 to 45 minute stretch before the Warriors closed out the Oklahoma City Thunder. We were the sixth seed. Uh, And now the Lakers play tonight against the Clippers. LeBron and AD play 42 minutes. The flight didn't leave until after midnight Pacific time because it's snowing in Utah, right? We saw the pictures before the game and they had to de-ice everything. And so Mike is texting us like that was one of those games. There's been so many games this year, D, where I paced around my house at midnight type thing. And sometimes Mike is up. Did we blow up your phone while we were doing that? I woke up and I said, you have 38 messages. Sorry about that. (laughs) So, so I woke up to all of those, but, but, but yes, I was just like, oh, when I saw Mike's text about like, we haven't left yet. I'm just like, oh, damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Yes. And so there's this question of do they, or should they play tonight? Now, uh, at the end of the pod, a couple of pods ago, I was like, win all your games, get the five seed. Impassioned plea. You made an impassioned plea. Yes. And there was a way to win that Utah game that would facilitate that tonight too. We did not win the Utah game in that way. It's always important to adjust to the circumstances that actually happen rather than the circumstances that you want to happen. And so the the first point that I really want to zero on is Anthony Davis. AD has not played in a back-to-back, and he has a stress injury in his foot. Both of our superstars have foot, like big foot issues, right? I don't think it's a coincidence that the game before AD went out with his foot injury in Denver, where he just kind of stepped the wrong way, he played 29 consecutive minutes against Boston in a game that we were desperately trying to win. And it was one of many like really wild games. That was the home game that we had. And AD played the entirety of the second half and the entirety of overtime. I don't think it's a coincidence on a stress injury that he got hurt the next game. And so... Had we not gone four and zero over these four actual, you know, away from LA road games, I wouldn't be holding this position. I'd be saying that I'd think that they'd need to play tonight. But for an, a number of reasons, we are one win away or one loss from either the Pelicans or Minnesota. That's not in their game that they play against each other in the final game. But basically our magic number to get to the seven, eight game and clinch it is one. We need to win one game to clinch that. I'd go over all the standings. And when Mike comes back, we can get into that. But basically I think you are putting, I think playing AD tonight is dangerous in a way that if he were healthy and if he didn't have a stress injury in his foot that he's been playing through, I'd have a different perspective on. But him in particular, D, I, I think that it's not only likely that he sits, I also think that it's the right decision. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play, personally. The way he was talking in his post-game comments when um, Agreed. during his media availability, um, the we'll have a conversation or something. LeBron's was and, similar too. I don't think either of them play. Yeah, I didn't hear LeBron's comments because, like I said, um, I went to bed, and and so I wrote, and then I was just like, oh man, I am I am beat. And yep. so it's been one um, of them seasons, man. Well, also too, it's just like I was just thinking about it. So the Lakers started their road trip, and again, this is the last game of their road trip, although they are at home. But they started their road trip last Wednesday. So exactly a week ago today, right? They played at Chicago. And then they played. So they went Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. And now it's Tuesday, Wednesday. So this will be their fifth game 
in a week's period, right? If you count the days, it's just like, oh, there's, it's actually eight days because you yeah, count five Wednesday twice, right? right? So it's not five and seven, but it's, it's five and eight days and it's their third game in four nights. And LeBron's already on a minutes restriction. You can tell by how the substitution patterns are. Mm-hmm. He's going out at a certain time. And in the second period, it's just like, you wonder, is LeBron going to come back? In this quarter, right at the and end, then he of comes the back quarter. with like a minute and a half, left, right? Like, right? And usually it, that's like four minutes, right there. Yeah. Yes, and so they are purposely trying to trim his minutes in places in the first half in order for him to be available for all of the important minutes in the second half. And you just tack five minutes onto that in last night's game. And even after the game, LeBron said to Mike, like in the walk off. You know, Mike's asking him about the stand. <laughs> Mike, man, I love Mike Good because he's because <laughs> he's even talking to LeBron about the standings, right. and, and then he's just like, "Dude, LeBron's I like, almost I'm tired, man. to say, I won't put my feet I, in the ice bucket." <laughs> I I almost wanted Mike to ask him. I've got a piece up on on the Lakers dot com. Did you read it, LeBron? Like, because <laughs> are you worried he playoff scenarios, LeBron? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so. And LeBron's basically just like, all I'm thinking about is putting my feet in a bucket of ice. Yeah. And it's, and so I don't think, so I don't think either are going to play. Um, do you remember this game? It was the title season, the 1920 season. And I think the Lakers were in Oklahoma City. And the Coos game. No one, yeah. pl- no one played. Mm-hmm. LeBron didn't play. AD didn't play. And a bunch of guys were out. Right. And suddenly you see Quinn Cook getting some good minutes and knocking down some shots. Kuz going off and and playoff Rondo made an appearance. And there's Caruso diving on the ground for loose balls and all this other stuff. And like OKC wasn't this juggernaut team or whatever, but they were good. That was the Chris Paul was their Mm -hmm. season and they were overachieving and Mm -hmm. Dennis was on that team. And they were a good they were a good team. They were a professional team they were like a five seed mm -hmm. yeah and the lakers went in there and they beat them on the road and i'm not comparing this oklahoma that oklahoma city team to this clippers team by any means um this clippers team has a top tier player in Kawhi, and they've got something to play for and um on and on and on but when last night's game against the jazz went how it did one of the first thoughts I had was about that OKC game when you when we were Ooh, all on the thread last night talking yep. about like do you do we think they're going to play and we were sort of like like I don't think it's going to happen based off of their mm-hmm. comments, which is basically what we're talking about now. And it made me think about that OKC game. And there have been some light comparisons between the 1920 season team and this team, the team that's now built after the trade dead. We'll, we'll deadline. And there's not a lot of similar player types between those mm-hmm. those two teams, but this team does have a certain amount of depth that compares to that team. Yeah, this is a good team. And this team has some quality players. And I'm interested to see if those dudes get a shot to go out there and play. I'm 
It, it made me think yeah. of that OKC game, Pete. Like, yes. like, oh, we are pros too. We can go out there and we can play a style of basketball that is winning basketball with this group. And, and what do you think about that idea just in general? I love that you brought that game up because as I'm advocating for LeBron and AD to sit tonight, the LeBron argument is he's only got so many kind of bullets left in the chamber. I remember when Kobe dunked on uh, Emeka Okafor in the 2012 first round, we were down 1-0 in that. And in the second quarter of game two, we were down by like nine. And so it was yep. like, oh, are we in trouble? And Kobe just brought that out and was like, and after the game, his comments were like, hey, I only have so many of those, but he knew it was important to get that. And so I think LeBron is in a similar portion of his career where he has only so many especially coming off of an injury, right? So I think he should sit tonight too. But in the context of that, I still think we can win this game. I don't think we'll be favored. And I think both D'Lo and Bamba need to play. Bamba got upgraded to doubtful yesterday, did not play. But I think that is perhaps a harbinger for tonight. I think that Bamba starts, if if he's healthy, Bamba starts and probably guards Russ, right? And when I say guards, I put that in quoty fingers and that we that's how we end up going going about it right and so this is a game where it's the front court depth that you were talking about of Rui, Vando, Wenyan, hopefully Bamba it's an energy game. If D'Lo doesn't play, I don't think we have enough firepower and we yeah. probably lose anyway because they have Kawhi Leonard and we do not. However, I'm just saying that there's a certain <laughs> chance in a game like this that you bringing up that OKC game, I'm like, yes. And it, if there is a time to get a win like that, this is a win-in game, all that, man. I think that this is the the type of game that our athleticism and just the go, go, go of those particular guys, which our superstars are on the opposite end of that. They're coming off of injuries. They're in year 20, right? They only have so much to give in the gas tank. But Rui Hachimura, that dude's going to play his butt off every single game. I've really come to like, really, really like what what Rui does, man. And so I'm totally with you, man. And I think we have a chance tonight, not not favored, but but if we, uh, if a couple things break the right way, I think we can get this. I'm super appreciative of Rui. I'm glad you brought brought him up. Me too. It's a good word. Three straight really impactful games. Um, he was really good off of the bench last mm-hmm. night. Um, so here, I'm going to put on my coaching hat, my matchups hat for a second. This is a inside the text thread. That's right. Commentary. <laughs> Hopefully D'Lo plays. A part of me feels like there was some, this is not sourced. No one told me this. A part of me feels like D'Lo probably could have played last night. Mm-hmm. But the idea that LeBron and AD might not play tonight, mm-hmm. those seeds were not planted after 42 minutes of basketball. Those seeds were planted before because right. you don't change your mind on a whim, I feel like. The idea that they may not play, that's in the ether. And if I'm not, not sure already. That they, no, and I'm not sure that playing 42 minutes versus 37 had they had LeBron made that layup. I'm not sure that's the difference between them playing or not. No, I honestly think they could have played 28 and 32 minutes and they still might be like, are they going to play tonight? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Anyways, so if you're like, okay, the I've only got so many bullets argument for for LeBron, that's also true within the larger context of, okay, well, how do I want to use a player availability situation? We'll give D'Lo an extra game. So maybe he plays tonight. So... I'm going to, for the sake of argument towards winning the game, I'm going to say that Dean Lowe plays, right? And if he doesn't play, then right, turn it all off. 
D'Lo Austin, Vando Rui Bamba. Right? Yep. Right there and with you. And I'm very interested in Vando on Kawhi to see what Kawhi can do. And while I hear you on the Bamba on Russ argument, right? A part of me feels like that could end up being Rui mm. on Russ. And Bamba's going to start on Zubats because I don't think they really have anyone to guard Zubats. Zubats uh, is going to be point. in too many ball screens, right? And, and like Rui's just a little bit too small to right. put on Zubats, but Rui is the type of sturdy, sturdy player that Russ can't just plow through the way that he like went through coups, for example, who is sure. a similar height to Rui, but not the same sort of build strength and, sure. and, and doesn't have the same structure as Rui. My, my one concern is Rui being that solid guy is also a high center of gravity guy. And so Russ will take him off of the dribble in ways. That said, though, if you, Rui just sags deeply off of him, we'll That's we'll exactly that. what I expect to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then you can put Austin on like, you can put Austin on one of the other like four. How good right? was Austin? They, they, Bro, we can't we can't keep going without talking about Austin's game last night. Man looked like he went through war. He got demolished by AD. Like played a couple more minutes. Got you know went back to the locker room. Came back in. Yep. Hit that huge three. Hit a really big mid range jumper with about a minute and a half left in. Was that the fourth quarter or OT? But it was you know twenty eight and six. Man, just wanted to give him a shout out. We don't win that game without just a huge performance from him. And he's got to be exhausted. Austin is. I wrote about him in three things for the preview. Something like, so in March, almost 18 points a game. Mm. Like basically 54, 38, 84 shooting or 53, 80, like, right? And so he's he's just too good now. So what about Austin? Like, oh, Austin. Two months ago, Austin has a 28 and six game and a key bucket yeah. In OT, the whole pod's about Austin. Yeah, this is the Austin pod, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's Seriously, a level of expectation because he's been so consistent. So not just expectation, but just like, ah, like, no, this is, we know what you can do right. now. And, and so I am not surprised by anything that he does anymore. It's just like, like, in fact, I was... We were wondering, like, oh, should he be getting some of these ball handling possessions in oh, OT yeah. and down the stretch, right? Just in order to be that other shot creator and putting LeBron off of the ball a little bit as a cutter and as a screener a little bit more. But Austin was fantastic. And, and back to the Clippers game for, for a second. If you have, like, you could put Austin on, like, Batum. No problem. Batum's not going to be a guy who's going to post him or try to overpower him or even go to the offensive glass a bunch. I just think that you can you can switch up your matchup some. You can put Rui on Russ. You can have Bamba. I like that. Defend yeah. the center. And then you can slot. Dennis can guard whoever sh who, whoever starts at shoe shooting guard. And then you've got Vando on Kawhi, basically. <laughs> 
I'm very curious to see if we go that route with Rui or if we go the Troy Brown route, because Troy has been the guy that in these circumstances, typically we've gone to. And I think that would be a mistake because it slides Vando to the four, right? And whereas Vando on Kawhi and being a little bit bigger, that's been one of the big lessons to me of the last few games, especially. And if Bamba is coming back, like that even adds to it. Like this is a big team. And when you size up, especially in your forward positions, we tend to be a good deal better and both by the eye test and you know by by the score and so yeah very curious to see what decision darvin makes i'm not entirely sure it's going to be Rui. i think there's a chance it's troy yeah i'm not sure if it if it will be Rui or not i'm just saying i think it should be i think it should should be i think that the lakers need his usage and i think they need his scoring potential much more than they need the floor spacing and sort of ranginess and extra playmaking that Mm -hmm. troy can provide um, the Lakers are going to need to size up in this game. Um, I hope that Bomba can play. And then in those backup minutes, um, Wenyon and Troy, I think that this is a game where Beasley's going to need to hit shots. And I also mm-hmm. think it's a game where Lonnie is going to need to play and play well when, mm-hmm. when given an opportunity. And we'll see, man. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm looking at that OKC game from a few years ago as a template for this like yes the stars are out but you other guys are good nba basketball players this isn't this isn't a bunch of like undrafted dudes like Rui's a lottery pick troy brown right lonnie these are all top 20 picks from from their respective drafts dennis austin's the only guy who doesn't have that pedigree and he looks like the best of all of them right (laughs) it's so All I'm looking for is for these two to go out there and play hard and try their best. And really, these are the guys who haven't been playing as much except for Austin and Dennis, who carry a heavy load. Everyone else's minutes have been down as Darvin has shortened the rotation and leaned on his stars to carry them. Right. And now if Bamba is able to go. And then then you've got all these motor guys and guys who just play hard and know what they're doing. And then a couple of skill guys in Lonnie and and Malik, who if they get it going suddenly, oh, that's eight straight points for Malik Beasley. Yeah. Right. Or there's Lonnie with a 7-0 run for for himself. And so that's the high end version of what can happen. Obviously, the other end of that is Kawhi's the Terminator and he just does you this by 30. Right? Yeah. 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 But it's just like, if that's the case, then you, you come back two days from now and you're ready to close out your season with your best efforts, right? That's like, right. That's right. And that's where we are. That's where we are going into tonight. I think it's the strategically correct decision to, to sit them. We'll see what we do. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to see how it goes. But until then, you've been listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Good. Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. with his eighth block shot that an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. 
Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal! Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one. Missing. It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yes. With a little talk to Alvin Gentry. Bad insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.